Are you glad that that unconditional love just crashes over us wave after wave? I've been at the beach this week, and I had that song rolling in my head. I think Sister Pega probably did too. But if we can, those, that tide is endless. Since the beginning of the earth, that tide has been endless on that shore. And can you just fathom, that's how God's love and his grace and his mercy, that's his love and his grace and his mercy over me and over me, over and over again. And that's what makes it easy. That's what makes it easy to live in contrast to the world. When we can get a grasp of his love and of his mercy and how unconditional it is. That is worth giving the Lord a shout of praise, a hand clap of praise, a dance of praise, a leap of praise, a shout of praise every day of our lives. That his love never fails, it never ends, it never quits, it never gives up. That he filled me with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost when I was eight years old. And it's a regenerating gift that made me into a new creature. And that I've never been the same. That's something to give the Lord praise for. And because of the gift of the Holy Ghost, I don't walk like I used to walk. And I can't even talk like I used to talk. Because he changed me. He changed my life. If we can lay aside the old man and pick up the new man, the new woman, and become who God's called us to be, it's a choice that we make to live in contrast to the world. And you can be seated. It's a choice that we make. I'm glad to be here. I love to be in the house of the Lord. Do you? Amen. I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm, I've been looking forward to this service. Sister Pruitt asked me to speak one um, Friday, or it was a Saturday, because it was at um, the fellowship meeting here. And um, she said, I was praying that if you would be here, that I would ask you to speak at our ladies conference and I want it to be the theme of living in contrast to the world and I told her I said well that's funny because I was on the way here with brother Pitts my granddad and I said I was talking to granddaddy the whole way here about living in contrast to the world and so I just felt like that was a confirmation but since then I've just wrestled with what God wanted me to speak on in this service I um but I am humbled and I'm honored to be here and to be in the Lord's house, to be in God's truth, to know his truth, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to be baptized in his name, to know the truth, and to be in a heritage of the apostolic faith. Um, nothing compares to it, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. So to live in contrast with the world, that should be our desire. Amen? That should be our desire. But I think oftentimes we find ourselves rather trying to blend into the world so maybe no one would notice us. We wouldn't have to say anything. We wouldn't have to defend anything. So what we should want is to live in contrast, but maybe sometimes we fail at that. Sometimes we fall short. But it takes bravery and courage like we sang about to live in contrast to the world. And so, like I said, I kind of wrestled with what I wanted to, what the Lord wanted me to say in this service. And I, I prayed about it all yesterday. I was in prayer and praying and praying, like, Lord, just lead me and show me what you would have me to say.
to say to these ladies. And last night, I don't know if I, it was like half asleep and half not asleep, if you know what I mean. And I was just wrestling, God, what, where do you want me to go with this? Where do you want me to go with this? And so I feel like I, I feel like I know, but if he changes it midway, I'm like, y'all just have to bear with me. <laughs> I'm just going to try to obey the Lord. Is that okay? All right. So we're going to start in 2 Timothy 4 and 10. And it says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. If you would just pray with me. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, God, for this opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we come with an expectation in our heart, Lord, to hear from your word. Lord, to hear a word that will change us, a word that will give us hope, a word that will encourage us. Lord, and I pray that you would anoint my mouth and anoint my mind. Lord, that I would hear your voice, God, and that I would speak your word. Lord, I pray that every chain in this house would be broken in this, this morning. And I pray, God, that your word would go swiftly and powerfully, that it wouldn't return into you void. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for a fresh anointing to fall in this house. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I want to, I'll come back to this verse. I want to start with the Queen of Sheba. We hear of her story in Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. The Queen of Sheba was a woman of great riches. She was a woman of power. She's referred to as the Queen of the South. She had all the riches that you could dream of and all the power. But she had heard about Solomon and the wisdom that the Lord had given him. And she decided that she would go and visit him and see if it was true. And she came to him with hard questions and to test him, to see if the Lord had really done what they had said he had done. And so the Bible says that there was nothing that Solomon could not answer her. Every question she had, he had an answer for. And the Bible says that when she saw Solomon ascend into the temple of the Lord, that she fell down and there was no breath left in her. She fell down like she was dead. And she told Solomon, I believe the report. I did it when I heard, but when I saw the glory of the Lord, I believed. And I believe in your God. Today, or in Luke chapter 11, verse 31, Jesus refers to the same queen of Sheba going to see Solomon's wisdom. But he's telling the Pharisees that are there with the disciples, he tells them, the king of kings is here with you, and you won't even come and hear his wisdom. When the queen of Sheba traveled from the utmost part of the earth to hear what King Solomon had to say, and my wisdom is far greater than Solomon's. We can note in these two scriptures a regression that has taken place of someone that has all of the wealth and all of the riches of this world who would come a long distance to seek out the Lord and to seek out his truth and his wisdom, to want to behold the glory of the holiness of God and the beauty of that in Solomon's temple. And then when Jesus was standing there, he was the king of kings. They wouldn't even come and ask him questions. There, is a, there has been a regression 
And then we see with Demas in 2 Timothy, it takes us into the church age after the crucifixion, that, the, that someone who had, see the Pharisees had never been exposed to the power of God. Like the queen of Sheba, she, she sought it out. And it was there for the Pharisees, but they didn't go. But here we see an even, I, I think it's an even further regression that Demas, someone who had traveled with Paul, the greatest missionary of all time, basically, to the Gentile world. Can you imagine what Demas saw on his journey with Paul? The miracles that he had seen, the glory of God that he had seen, the people filled with the Holy Ghost, the people baptized, the churches built, the ways that were made for Paul, the things that Demas had seen, the glory of God. And he turned away because he loved this present world. Because he loved this present world, he turned his back on the Christian movement, the true Christian movement, the apostolic truth, the oneness of God, the Holy Ghost power that was being demonstrated by the disciples. He walked away, and I can imagine that Paul wrote this letter with tears in his eyes to his beloved Timothy, the one that he considered his son, and he said, Demas has left me. Come to me as quickly as you can. And this was in 2 Timothy, which is Paul's farewell letter. He's saying, bring me my cloak and my parchments and get here before winter because if you don't make it before winter, I'm not gonna, you're not going to ever see me again because this is the end of the road for me. And he was writing in this desperate place that he was in to Timothy and saying, Demas left me. Demas is no longer with me because he loved this present world. The name Demas means popularity. Because of popularity, because of what people thought of him, because a desire for popularity, Demas left the oneness of God, the truth of God, the ministry he had, the calling on his life, this truth. He left it. He turned his back on it and forsook it for the world because of popularity. And today, I can see that as a reality in my life with people that I love. I don't know, maybe you don't know where I'm coming from, but maybe you do, that people in your life that have turned their back on God, they have become a demons, that they have sat on the same church pew with me, that they have seen the truth. People in my family that have sat in the same churches, heard the same teaching, seen the same miracles, prayed the same prayers, and received the same answers, were filled with the Holy Ghost at the same altar, were baptized in the same river, <laughs> at the same spot, received the Holy Ghost at the same time. Received the same calling, walked in the same anointing, same place, same time, same Jesus, same love, same blood. 
They sang the same songs in church. They sang with the same anointing. They went to the same youth camp. They went, it was all the same. But for some reason, they turned their back on the truth and they walked away. Some of them were my mentors, the ones that I looked up to, the ones that I sat by, the ones that I wanted to be like, the ones that I prayed and said, Lord, I want an anointing like her. I want to be able to pray like her. I want to be able to weep in your presence like her. God, I want to dance in your presence like she does. And they walked away. They became a demon. Because of popularity, they sold it all. And it's shameful. And it's something that I would never talk about unless God (laughs) told me to up here. Because it's shameful that they would walk away. That they would have a vision. That they would have a dream. And that they would walk away from it all. That they would know what they knew. And that they would walk away. That they would not choose to live in contrast with the world. But that they would become one with the world. That what they had been offered in the church was not good for them. And they chose not to have it. They're like the Pharisees. And Jesus is right there except they're like Demas. Because they know. They've heard the wisdom. They've heard the truth but they chose to walk away. And it's ugly and it's unsettling. And it's something that I don't talk about because I don't like to say, well, they're gone, you know, but you, you have to speak faith that they'll be coming back. But the truth of the matter is they did sell out. They did sell out to the world. They did not live in contrast to the world. And it is an ugly example, but it's heartbreaking, but it's true. And in our lives, my family can testify to this. It's whenever these people left the Lord and left our family and left us and left the church, this is the words that they would always use. Every time, it was like it never failed. It it surprised us every time, but it shouldn't have been surprising after like a couple of times. But (laughs) the phrase that they used was, I don't want this life. This is not the life that I want. I don't want this life. I don't know if y'all, maybe you've heard that phrase told you when someone is leaving the church. Well, this isn't the lifestyle that I want. I don't want this life. Well, excuse me. You don't want eternal life? This is not just life that you live for 70 years and then you die and your body goes into a grave. This is eternal life. When I was baptized in Jesus' name and when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I took my first eternal breath. I started breathing in eternal life. I will never die. My spirit will never die. I'm living in eternity right now. I started living and walking in eternity. And when they say to you, I don't want this life, how they don't even know the gift of God that is in them to say, I don't want this life. 
they're saying is, I want eternal death. And they do not know. I have to say they don't know. Because that's the only way that I would be able to sleep at night. God have mercy on them that they would not know that what they are saying when they say, I don't want this life, I don't want this lifestyle, is they are saying, I, they can't be saying, I want eternal death. They cannot, hopefully they don't know what they are saying. And so I'm here today, living in contrast to the world is our theme. And this is what I have in my head. Not the example of someone that's living in contrast to the world. I have plenty of examples of that. But look around. There's some beautiful ladies in this house that live in contrast to the world. But ever present on my mind are people in my family, in my life, that have chosen to live in the world that have been in the truth like Demas and for popularity's sake have chosen to live in the world. And so I get to this place where I'm considering them. And it's changed me since this has happened in my life, since people have walked away. And it's not just people that we're never in church. These are not people that are just always hanging on the edges. These are people that, like I said, were anointed of God, that were anointed of God, and they walk away. And so it's changed me, and the prayers that I now pray are, Lord, keep me. Lord, keep me. Because I am not, I am not ignorant that there are temptations in the world that it happened to them. And like I said, they were in church with me. What makes me different? And so I pray, Lord, keep me. Every time I open my mouth in prayer, I pray, Lord, keep me. Lord, keep me. Lord, keep me right in the palm of your hand. Lord, keep me. Lord, keep me by the power of your blood. Lord, keep me. Keep me in your grace. Keep me in your mercy. Keep me in your truth. Make the path plain before my feet. Don't let my head turn to the left or to the right. Lord, keep me. Keep me right here in the center of your will. Lord, keep me right here. I don't even want the permissive will of God. I want the perfect will of God. I don't want there to be any questions. I want the perfect will of God. Lord, keep me. Every step that I take, I'm not taking one if I don't know it's your will. Lord, keep me in the center of your will. And I also pray, Lord, reach them. Lord, reach them. Because I'm under the persuasion that as long as there's breath in someone's body, there's hope. And I still believe that the Holy Ghost is the spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. And so when I see these people... In my family, if I even do get to see them, I'm not ashamed anymore to look them in the face and say, the anointing that you received at an old-fashioned altar is still real. And God is calling you. And you don't think I've told them that I have, and they run from me now. <laughs> they won't look at me at Thanksgiving because they're afraid of what I'll say. But I told her, I'll just tell y'all what I told her. I told her, you're just like Joseph. 
You may be in prison right now, but God's exalting you because the calling you had when you were here in Canaan is just as real in Egypt, and God's going to use you. And she had tears rolling down her face. And she told me, Christina, I don't even pray anymore. I don't believe what I used to believe. My faith has changed completely. But about two years ago, I started praying again. And I don't believe everything the same. And I said, well, do you pray in tongues? And she said, well, I said, I don't believe everything the same. And I said, well, keep praying and it's going to happen. You can't run from God. If he has his hand on your life, I believe if a, if someone bows their knees in faith and starts praying and believing that nothing is impossible for God. I don't know if you serve the same God that I do, but I believe that nothing is impossible for God. Is anything too hard for him? No, it's not. And I have some sisters in this house that can testify and say, I believe it. I've seen it with my own eyes. And that's why I was wrestling with this because I was praying last night and I thought, well, my Lord, why, why are you giving me this message when I have a mama that's sitting in this church, a sister mama, <laughs> who saw a sister Shelly walk away like a demon, but come in like the prodigal son. Amen. Is that right, sister Shelly? And what am I even thinking? God, why do you want me to speak on this? When I have a sister, Kathy, who prayed all that time to see a brother, Joseph, crawl up to an old-fashioned altar and repent of his sins and dedicate his life to God. And along that journey, meet a sister, Anna, and become a soul-winning team for the kingdom of God that shakes up hell. Why? Why do you want me to preach this to a sister, a sister Pruitt? who believed God all of these years and a couple of months ago see her son walk in. Praise God. We were in revival last month, running around the church, dancing in the Holy Ghost. My God is able. Can I get a witness in this place that knows that God is able? world 
because the world says it's finished. The world says it's over. The world says it's done. The world says there's no hope. The world says that's yesterday and it'll never be in tomorrow. The world says doubt. The world says don't believe it. The world says they'll never come back. The world says you haven't seen her in four going on five years. You'll never see her again. That's what the world says. But my God says grace upon grace upon grace. Mercy that's new every morning. And I believe that his hand is not short. That he cannot reach. That he cannot reach. Whoever it is, that he cannot reach them. And I believe if, if Paul were to have written another letter, that he would have had hope. That he would have had hope for Demas. And I hope that one day, whenever I'm in heaven and we know all by and by, that Demas is there too. I hope Demas is there. And I believe he, I believe he can be. I believe God's grace is powerful enough. And so, I have two things, two purposes as I close. Two purposes. One is to encourage us. Let us live in contrast to the world. Let us be watchful that we ourselves never become a demon. Because we are all vulnerable. We all can fall into a place where we are a demon. Where we look for popularity. Where we look for approval of others. Where we look, we don't want to stand out. We don't want to be different because in this world, I don't know if you've looked around, but if you look on a college campus, every single person looks exactly the same. It's cool to be different as long as you're the same different. And I think that goes with us all of our lives. It's not cool to be different. But I'll tell you one thing. It's going to be cool on those, sweets, those streets of gold. It's going to be cool when we're walking by that river. It's going to be cool whenever I'm sitting face to face with Jesus. And I wouldn't trade a thing. So I want to encourage you today. Live with the character of the saints of God. Live in godliness and holiness and righteousness. Live like God has called you to live. Whatever he's called you to do, do it with all of your might. And don't look back. Don't look to the right or to the left. Be faithful. Be humble in your spirit. Be blameless and harmless. Be bold as a lion. Know what God has put in your heart and believe that God is able. Hunger for his righteousness. Be loyal to his church. Be godless. Be godly. Fear him. Live in contrast to the world. There's no greater life than this. It is eternal life. Know the gift of God that he's given you. Know it. Know the Holy Ghost unction. Whenever you feel those chill bumps run up and down your back, know it when he's speaking to you. Know his voice. My sheep hear my voice and they know my voice. And they will not follow the voice of another. Know his voice. Live in contrast to the world. Walk in the gifts of the Spirit. When you're at Walmart, speak a word of hope into somebody's life. It doesn't matter where you are. Win a soul. Win a soul. Live in contrast. I don't care what the world looks like. I want to know what the church is going to look like in this last day. 
What are you going to do in this last day? Make it up in your mind this morning. I'm never going back. I am never going back. That's not even an option for me. That's not even an option for me. I don't care what yesterday looks like. I don't care what 20 minutes ago looked like. I don't care what your situation is, what your addiction is, what your problem is. God is able, and I am never going back there. I am never going back. This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. Stand to your feet this morning. The second purpose of my message this morning, the first being that we make it up in our mind that we're never going back to the world. We're going to live and we're going to pursue God. We're going to run after him wherever he is. I'm not, I'm not going to tiptoe this line, that's the, the fence between worldliness and godliness, but I'm running in that direction. I'm running in the direction of godliness. The second purpose being believing that God is able. All of the Demases in our lives. I don't know if I'm the only one that has them. Maybe I'm not. I have a feeling that I'm not. But believing. Oh, I've got my foot on the rock. And my mind's made up. I'm not going to be satisfied with anything else. I'm not going to be satisfied with anything less than them being right back where God wants them, right in the center of his will, right with all of us on their way to heaven. So it's a joyous message this morning that God is able. Be encouraged that nothing is too hard for our God. If you would step out of your seats, I know some of us have names. Some of us has names on our mind of people that we want to see come to the Lord. Some of us have problems that we're struggling with that we need to leave behind because we can't keep a foot in the world and a foot in the church. We want to have both feet in. We want to be swimming in the river of God. We want to be running toward his purpose. If we could just lift up hands all over this place. Lord, we're thankful for your promises that you give us in your word. Lord, we haven't come this morning to play church. Lord, we have come with a desire and a purpose in our lives, Lord. We want today to be a turning point. God, you know every, everything that we struggle with. Lord, you know everything that we, our hearts desire. Lord, if I'd rather be popular in the world than be sold out to your church, fix my heart. Fix my heart this morning, oh God. Lord, let me fall in love with you all over again. Lord, let me fall in love with your truth. Let me fall in love with your mercy. Lord, let me fall in love with you as I seek your face this morning. That I would make up a resolution in my mind that I'm never going back. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I plead the blood that you shed on Calvary. Lord, I plead your blood. I plead your blood over every prodigal child that has walked away from your truth. Lord, I plead your blood over Lexi in the name of Jesus. Lord, I plead your blood over Rebecca Jean in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I plead your blood over Emily and Scott. I plead your blood over Jordan Canfield. I plead your blood in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I plead your blood over Jennifer. 
I plead your blood over Nikki in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know.